here at Can, we like to focus on open and inclusive dialogue. For people who are interested in our previous shows, you can find our free archives at Spreaker.com at the Can Project Podcast on Spreaker.com or you can also find ad-free content on Patreon.com for as little as one euro a month plus fat. You can help contribute. We do need help, so check us out on either Patreon or Spreaker.com. Are you an artist or creator with a social conscience? Do you have an inspiring story or material to share that's helpful to people? Are you an expert on culture, arts, nature, or wellness? If this sounds like you or someone you know, we'd love to hear from you at Can Projects, where we advocate that active engagement in positive and creative outlets is beneficial to our health and environment. Our talk show Can Projects podcast reaches 20 plus online platforms and features insightful, inspiring, and expert guests. You can check out the show on our free archives on Spreaker.com and YouTube. We'd love to hear from you, so please feel very welcome to email us at canprojects.info at gmail.com. Help each other. Help us all. You're all very welcome to the Can Projects podcast, where we love to talk about culture, arts, nature and wellness. And I'm your project coordinator and co-host, Shane McKay. And I'm your other project coordinator and co-host, Christopher Sneed. And here at Can, we love to focus on open and inclusive dialogue. And we're back for the second half of the interview with Colleen Medicine from the AAIA, the Association of American Indian Affairs. And you can find them on... It's indian-affairs.org. Yeah. We highly recommend you check out their stuff. They've also got a brilliant podcast called Red Hoop Talk, Native News and Talk. You'll find that on YouTube. And just to let uh, folks know that the content in this is a wee bit heavier. We're going to be covering some some kind of heavy stuff. So it mm. wouldn't be the, the, the most suitable thing for younger ears. Um, and we, we, you know, or, if, or if you're having a delicate day. If you're having a delicate day as well, it may not be, you know, but it's we, we really recommend people listen to this. It's really mm. important stuff. Um, but we get into things to do with... Um, missing and murdered indigenous women and we talk a bit about suicide and things like that so if, if you're not feeling like like that today th- that's absolutely grand but we really really encourage people to look into this it's really important and it's actually a story that's developing as we speak right now so, yeah there is a lot of stuff coming out now and it's kind of snowballing it's getting very fast if you will to, it's coming to a head on a lot of fronts really so before we play the second half of the show, we're going to play Colleen's intro where she opens out the show in her native tongue. So we'll roll that and then we'll roll the second half. We'll catch you on the other side and hope you enjoy. Look after each other and look after yourselves as well. Can I press the right button? There we go. Hi, Colleen. Hi. Hi, Ani, Bojo. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You're very welcome, August. Tafaltramore uh, Roth, which is you're very more than welcome here. Um, 
I love that. Is there is there any way that I could um, give my uh, traditional introduction just so yes. oh, we dive into the topics? Just because I've been taught by the elders um, in my communities that if we're going to talk about these hard things that impact our community, we should alert spirit to that. And so, if you if you didn't if you don't mind, no, 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 that, absolutely, yeah. Okay, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I just want to say, Ani Bojo, Wabshkes Ani Kwe Indigenous Cause. So good morning, everyone. I just want to say my um my my family comes from Mackin Island, Michigan. And I'm Turtle Clan and a citizen of the Sault Ste. Marie tribe of Chippewa Indians. And my spirit name is White Rock Woman. My English name, of course, is Colleen Medicine. Um, so I just wanted to, to do that just in honor of what I've been taught. And, and I appreciate the, the space to do that. No, so. that. Thanks so much. That's beautiful. Oh. Well, I mean, something, something um, uh, Shannon touched on, and you kind of touched on it there a little bit, is, is, is how important this kind of cultural translation is, you know. So when people kind of see, who are not familiar with this, this, this stuff, they see like, oh, land back, everything back. They don't really understand what that really means. And that's why the, these conversations are so important, because there is a, that cu- cultural translation is really needed, you know, because... Um, and I think that way we can kind of, we can move things in a, in a positive direction. If we kind of understand where each other are coming from, we've, we, we all stand a much better chance. And we, we this, this didn't really come up in the notes, Colin, but it's something I've come across that I, I would just like to mention and put it out there and maybe get your thoughts on as well. And Chris as well, you might have something to add to this, is that the, even the word warrior in, in, in say, in this tongue, it means that there's a there's a much deeper meaning in in indigenous culture to what that means. That when you say oh it, 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 we were a, a warrior culture, somebody who's not familiar with the culture will that'll drum up certain preconceptions in, in yeah. somebody's head. And what I've discovered from re- reading up on this stuff and and, and looking into it is that. That, that word warrior is like the, the warriors in the time of peace were the people who looked after the community and well I mean I, I, as far as I know isn't it true though that that's kind of inherent in the culture in general anyway people look out for each other essentially it, 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 it's kind of at odds with the way we're kind of operating at the moment in, in a way where you know there's a big we, we talk about the measure of, of success you know and you know we talk about it a lot here as well that for us the measure of success is not when just one person or a group of people benefit it's when everybody benefits and I find that really inspiring that that, that that's that's a real warrior you know like if, if, if whether it's in a time of peace or or, or, or war mm. you're 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 the concern is for the vulnerable and the community yeah yeah you don't have to be warlike to be a warrior you just have to be willing to stand up and say, no, this is wrong. This is right. not the way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I think, I think that, that, that warrior kind of term is almost like, you know, furthering that, like that agenda of the colonizers, right? Because it paints us as the merciless Indian savages that, 
that, you know, that's been, you know, that misconception that keeps going and going and going, but you're right. It's like, you know, I can't speak for all, all of, you know, the, the nations. Right. But for, for me being Anishinaabe, like we have, we have a word in our language that is closely to what you would translate to warrior in um, English. We have two words. And first, the first word is Jamaganish, which is refers to our people who were combat veterans. They actually went to war and fought. And so they get that beautiful, uh, that beautiful title of Jamaganish. Um, and so we think of them as, as, well, I mean, in, in English and as warriors, right? People who gave their lives or served and to, you know, laid their life on the line. And then we have a word that we use called Ogichida. And that word um, doesn't necessarily mean someone who went to battle, right? Who fought. Um, it could though. But what it means is, you know, someone who's stepped up for the people, who's fought for the people. And so maybe they're fighting for water rights or treaty rights, or, or maybe they just go out of their way to help the community. They they cook for funerals, they watch fire, they tend fire, they show up for ceremony. I mean, there's all sorts of ways that you can be Ogichida for our community. It's people who step up and lead. But one of the things that that we've always been taught, I think, since I was a little girl, is like, um, like you know, the, the Ogichida are the people that will bring will cook all day and bring food to a feast but eat last they're the people who will give their moccasins to the next person who doesn't have any those are the people who will show up early and stay late those are the people who will give everything that they have you know we are always taught to give if we have it we should give it and not whether that's knowledge or physical tangible items you know those are the people that are laying their life on the line in different ways each day but they're you know trying to perpetuate our language and our culture they're the people who are fighting for the things that make us who we are and so um, you know, warrior is, is a is a is a is a loose translation into English, and our languages don't always reflect. You could never really reflect what those words mean in English because ogichida it it includes your heart. It's like what's inside you, and so you don't get that translation into you know in and when it when you say warrior. But we have those people who are like warriors, whether they go you know physically go and fight wars or they're fighting for our communities so but yeah but i also heard one time someone say like you know being a leader isn't how many people will stand behind you and follow you and in, into battle you know it, it's how many people you have walking in front of you and you be then the last person like you know what i mean like how many people will give their life and stand in front of you as a leader and, and I think, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with all of that, but, or, or that part anyway, because I think it's more of who's standing next to you mm. um, and let's kind of do this together, everybody. Mm. But, but I hear what they're saying, you know, that elder that told me that, you know, it's not about, about you being a leader. It's about, you know, and how many people will follow you. It's, it's really about how many people you're going to push and how many people you're going to lead in a good way. Um, and, and, and yeah, so. I love that question and I'm, I'm, I'm super happy you brought it up because, you know, we, we do, you know, continue to have that stereotype of being like savage, like, but really, you know, that, 
our ancestors, you know, were living in a different time. They had to fight and they had wars to fight. They had, you know, they had arguments to settle. And, um, and, and we do today too, but just in different ways. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks so much for elaborating on that because I do think that's a really important point. And it, it, for me, it's it's just hypocrisy for colonialistic kind of um, culture to 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 call to you to use that kind of it's like it's, it's total hypocrisy. Like you know, um, uh, it reminds me of a line from a song. Um, and you dare to call me a terrorist while you look down your gun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kind of funny, Chris, isn't it? Though there's there's some interesting parallels there with some of the old Celtic stuff here in Ireland, where yeah. where the chiefs were generally the chief, like or the king or of Ireland. You'd probably be able to help me better with that, Chris. But uh, yeah. the Ardry. Yeah, the Ardry was like it. It was usually it wasn't somebody who wanted the position because no, yeah, it was it was kind of hoist. It was hoist, it put on them like people were like, we want you to lead us. We we want you, and it was normally the last person who wanted it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we we'll, yeah. we'll move on because I'm just conscious of time, Colin. Because I know you've got a tight a tight um a tight finish here at the end. I want to make sure we can kind of get through um sure. some more stuff. So uh, let me just see. We're gonna we t- we've touched on uh, the sacred spaces a bit there. Um, we were gonna talk a bit about Yellowstone National Park. Um, there's lots of stuff going on with that. We're me and Chris are gonna go on a, a stream after this, and we'll probably get into some of that stuff again. It's just I know some of this stuff. I don't want to leave this for too long. Could we talk about repatriation a little bit, please, Colin? Oh yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. So, is there a specific question? Or you just want me to go on a tangent because anything you like, but I'd love to. Go, I'd, go, I'd, go for it. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, exactly. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I'm assuming your listeners have heard about repatriation, specifically probably from Shannon in, in the past, you know, and 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 really I'll just kind of give a brief overview. You know, repatriation is really, you know, bringing back the things uh, that make us who we are. So these are things taken without free prior informed consent. And um, we have, a you know, the NAGPRA law tool in the toolbox, that a, a legal tool that allows us um, you know, as Native nations to bring our ancestors, uh, uh, funerary objects, sacred objects, and objects of cultural mm-hmm. patrimony back into our communities, right? And the most Im- important takeaway from that is when that happens, it generates healing inside our communities, both, you know, uh, spiritually and, and physically, mentally, um, and emotionally. Uh, but also, it allows for relationship building and collaboration amongst institutions and museums and, and Native nations, which those relationships are quite often, you know, a- a- adverse or adversarial. Is that the word? Adversarial. Thank you. <laughs> adversarial. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's the word I was looking for. So quite often those um those relationships can be, you know, they're they're not always great. And so repatriation is a way almost like reconciliation and, 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 and it helps our communities because spiritually speaking, and this is what I've been taught by the ancestor or by the, well, yeah, I guess by the ancestors, they do teach me, but by the elders in my community, you know, that, that our communities suffer from the things that have happened in the past, 
right? The the boarding schools and removing our familiar structures, taking away our languages, you know, the the literal actual murder of, of our ancestors and, and all of the things that our kids continue to go through, right? And so we have higher rates of certain disparities on our reservations and our lands, right? Health disparities, um, you know, suicide, drugs and alcohol. I mean, I think murder is the third leading cause of death for, for Native American women, like 18 to 24, I think. I mean, we're, we have these awful statistics and that hurt is traveling through our communities from generation to generation. And we see that through loss of language, you know, and, and a loss of cultural and identity. We see, you know, Native American youth are one of the highest um, uh, rates of suicide in the country. Where I live, we have a higher rate of suicide than the whole national average. And of those, of that uh, statistic, most of those are Native American youth. So we see that all translating into our communities today, right? And so bringing our ancestors and their objects home, we know helps mend some of that hurt. And so it's not just about, it's right. It is right. We all have, you know, uh, you know, that creator given right to, uh, a, you know, to a rebury or a burial that we're not dug up from. Um, it's right. It's ethical, but it's, and it's also under NAGPRA lots, you know, a legal thing, but it's also spiritually speaking, it's one way that we can help heal and mend. And, a lot of times those are, that's mending broken hearts. You know, that's mending the hurt that's happened, you know, because we know that spiritually speaking, when our ancestors are removed from the ground, you know, without free prior and informed consent, and how can you give consent if you're buried? Um, you know, that, that, that created, if you will, a, a hiccup in the spiritual circle. <laughs> That's the best way I can, you know, say that. And so when we bring them home, it helps to mend that hiccup in the spiritual circle, which then generates healing into our communities. So <laughs> it's so important. It it matters the most. And it's it's arguably one of the greatest teachings that we have in Anishinaabe ways, you know, where I'm from, is to take care of those who have come before us. And so um I say all that to say repatriation is really, um, you know, it's about healing. Mm -hmm. I can say that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing some of the wrong, you know? Yes. Yeah. I'm step in the right direction for everybody. You know? Yes. Yeah. We'll be back with more from the Calm Projects podcast after these short messages. Here at Cannes, we like to focus on open and inclusive dialogue and sometimes a bit of literature as well. So Chris, we're gonna we're we're opening up a new chapter in the readings, the classic stories for Chris Needs. Yeah, we're gonna be starting on the time machine, which is a classic, classic HG Wells novel. It's a classic for a reason as well, because it's really, really good. I love it. It's been made into a film a few times, and uh, sometimes musicals, audio dramas. Chris Need classic readings. If you have bills and debt piling up, a personal loan through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track if eligible. Visit netcredit.com today. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. Are you an artist or creator with a social conscience? Do you have an inspiring story or material to share that's helpful to people? Are you an expert on culture, arts, 
nature, or wellness? If this sounds like you or someone you know, we'd love to hear from you at CAM Projects, where we advocate that active engagement in positive and creative outlets is beneficial to our health and environment. Our talk show CAM Projects podcast reaches 20 plus online platforms and features insightful, inspiring, and expert guests. You can check out the show on our free archives on Spreaker.com and YouTube. We'd love to hear from you, so please feel very welcome to email us at camprojects.info at gmail.com. Help each other. Help us all. You're all very welcome back to the Can Projects podcast. I say all that to say repatriation is really, um, you know, it's about healing. Mm-hmm. I can say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing some of the wrong, you know. Yes. Yeah, I'm stepping the right direction for everybody. You know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and we, it, I've, we've been following actually a lot of that repatriation stuff and we're really, really encouraged to see that there's some positive stuff starting yeah. to happen. But it, we're, we're quite aware that it's it's kind of, there's, st- there's still quite a lot to go, but yeah. it is very encouraging just to see kind of things are going in the right direction, you know. And um, I mean, I, there's there's got to be at least two or three stories a week I'm seeing at the moment now for the last few months, uh, direct, just specifically about repatriation. And then there's other stuff happening as well aside from that. Just acknowledgement of that, you know. Like the, 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 that's yeah. We talk a bit about indifference on here and about how that's a, another real, you know, yeah. uh, scourge of society, like indifference, you know. And... Uh, you know, this this kind of stuff is it's so important. You know, just to yeah. the acknowledgement is like just only the tipping point. Even you know, it's yeah. And you know, I think that's really exciting too because I remember about ten. I've been doing repatriation work for about a decade. About ten years ago, when I started doing this work, I I you didn't see it in the news. Mm. I'm so sorry. I thought I nice story. Happens all the time. It happens all the time here. <laughs> and, and now you're right. It's like we're seeing it, which is cool because it seems like the dial might be shifting, or at least, like, um, in my opinion, I think what, what's really happening is, is there's there's some excitement in the repatriation world right now because the 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 you know the DOI released draft federal uh, regulations that. Um, that was exciting at the possibility, you know, thinking at the possibility of the regs possibly changing is exciting. Um, but also kind of the old guard sometimes is dying off. And, and so we have a new guard kind of coming into these institutions who are kind of changing the way that they work. And a lot of institutions are, you know, that buzzword, they're decolonizing. Um, I don't particularly love the word decolonizing, mm. but I'm happy to see that the that the culture is is changing, and so we see more um, more ancestors and objects coming home. Mm. Um, however, you know it's been thirty over thirty years. It's been over thirty years since NAGPRA was implemented, and we still have non-compliant institutions. And so, um, it, it, it's all over the board, you know. And, and um, but there has been a lot of positive movement and I'd be really, you know, thankful for that because, um, you know, we, you know, I think the last time I checked, there was over 118,000 ancestors that were known um, that still need to come home to their, you know, their their homelands, to their native nations. So 
Uh, that's a big number after 30 years. So there's still a lot of work to be done, mm-hmm. but it is good to see the the kind of it's, the landscape changing. It's building momentum. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think this is a Black Elk quote. I think. Um, when you walk the right path, often you start alone and eventually people follow. You know? Um, I think that's Black Elk. Well, yeah, it could be fun. Yeah, wasn't it, wasn't it the wounded knee stuff? Um, w- w- was in 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 the news there. Uh, that yeah, museum, museum. Yeah, but it's like they've they've they've, they've like it's it, it it almost kind of seemed like they're like, oh yeah, you know, okay, you're making a big deal about this. Here's here's some stuff, but like, is it is it is is it the case they still got quite quite a lot of it, Chris? Is it? I don't, we're not sure how much they have or not. Is it? I don't know even. But it it was some of it they gave back, I think, and it was just wasn't. It's kind of like the the wind and knee massacre is like it's quite famous or whatever. So it's like they were getting a lot of pressure basically, and it's almost like, um, I don't know. I hope they're not just trying to buy time. I hope they actually just kind of see the error of their ways and just set it right. Like, and I don't think that 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 institution has been forthcoming with an inventory. Yeah, <laughs> we their their inventory, but right. uh, yeah, I I um. Yeah, looking forward to see seeing how that that one mm. shakes out. I know um, if you've been reading up on it, you are or listening to any podcast or anything, you might have seen the association was applying a little pressure there. But yeah, um, we're we're very interested and in, in looking forward to mm. seeing how that uh, one. We actually did a show about it actually a couple of weeks back. Yeah, yeah. I, I slipped down a rabbit hole of reading up an awful lot on Chief Henry Redcloud. Um, he's he's a really really interesting kind of amazing kind of sound person. Like you know. Um, I went down a serious rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 we do want to. We definitely want to. Colleen, we're getting close to the end, but I would really love you to come back and maybe, maybe when you have like a bit more time, so we can get deeper into this. But I really want to make sure we get onto the, the topic of missing and murdered Indigenous women while we still have plenty mm. of time to get into that. So uh, there's no real question I really want to ask you about. I just would like you to tell us and the audience, and and, and like you mentioned some figures there. They're quite startling. We've got some similar figures in this country uh, with people from the traveling community in relation to suicide. Um, The murder thing is something that we don't see those kind of figures here, but who knows really, because a lot of the data is not really put together. And that's probably something you guys see a lot as well. So... Could we get into that now? Do you think, um, as far as like, yeah. is is it getting worse? Like, is that the, is is it? We 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 saw something there, like in the the Canadian thing again. I mean, they had to make a whole safety announcement, you know, for Indigenous women there during the week. Yeah. <laughs> so let me. It's okay. We've got we've, we've got, got 10, eleven minutes. Eleven minutes. So yeah. No more talkers coming up. You need to. Um, so let me go back to kind of the beginning, I think, really, because it, it matters. So in our communities, and I don't, like I said, I don't speak for all, you know, Native nations, but I know that, um, you know, women were very highly respected in, in, in most, or if not all, you know, um, Indigenous cultures here. But what happened here is too. when the colonizers came, they were like, you know, they saw women as being inferior. And that's the narrative that has been pushed, you know, since contact, right? Women are inferior. We're incapable of, of you know, uh, working or we're incapable of handling responsibility. We're these dainty little whatever it is, you know, and 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 we're less than, right? That's the narrative that's been pushed forever. And so it it, it translates, you know, into now where there's a, there's a lot of people 
who, who still believe that way, right. That our women matter less. And, and so, um, that like regard for human life has almost been removed. And, and, um, we see a lot of our women being taken Our women, our girls are, and, and also our, um, you know, our two spirit community or the, 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 those who uh, identify as two spirit or part of the LGBTQ2S plus community, um, they're taken at higher rates too in the U.S. and Canada, and I'd say even down in Mexico and in other places, right? Where indigenous anywhere indigenous people are, our women are getting taken and um, taken at higher rates here in the U.S. and in Canada. We see that happening in a lot of our our big cities, urban areas, right? Because our people essentially were pushed out of our homelands and we were placed in big urban cities. Um, we see like. Um, um, uh, I wish I would have looked it up because there's four major cities, but I, I can't remember. But anyway, in, in urban areas and the problem, the problem is there's a lot of like infrastructure and um, extractive industry in those areas. And specifically, um, and you can see a correlation. I would love to dive deeper into this research. And in a lot of ways, I think I will. <laughs> um, but to see the, the the correlation between where man camps are where um, extractive industry is and the the rise of murdered and missing indigenous women, because we see a lot of our women taken in and around those man camps. And um, then, sorry, and, can you explain man camp? What is that? Yeah, so that's like when when pipelines or you know oh, okay. industries happening, they set up a little camp where they bring all these workers in who've got to finish this job, and they essentially kind of have this little little camp or whatever they're setting up on. So. We, we do see a lot of our women and our girls and our two-spirit relatives being taken in and around those places where big man camps exist. And, and why is that? One, I think it's because like the opportunity is there. And two, because there's almost a brotherhood amongst those man camps. Like they're not going to tell, right? Mm. They're, they're not saying anything. Um, they're often excluded or, 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 or not excluded, but they're, they're often outside of city limits. And, and in rural okay. places, you know, so so the opportunity is there, and um, and then also there's a lot of waterways um, through those areas, and so uh, opportunity for boat boats and and um, you know taking taking people through water systems, you know, as a way to well, remove. I mean, predators find prey. Is that's also true? Yes. Yeah. And it, and um and and so I think like. What I would love to say about that is like, you're right, that the the data is missing and there's so much, we could do so much better. <laughs> um, so we say, and I've heard this before and I've said it, like our, our people, our relatives, and I say relatives because um, we do have instances where young young boys are taken and are, like I said, our two-spirit relatives. So are, I'll just say murdered and missing indigenous relatives. Okay. They're, they're removed and they're taken and we see it three times over. And what I mean by that is the first time they're, they're actually physically removed from community by someone else or other people Two, they're missing in the data, right? So racial misclassification oftentimes are just not even classified as American Indian or native American um, um, or it's not recorded at all. Right. Um, so they're missing from community in the data. And then the last one, and probably the most important is that like in their families, 
they're no longer participating in ceremony. They go missing from, you know, community activities, you know, from their families, from ceremony. They're not there anymore to be present. And, and I say that, um, you know, because, and there's also like the distrust with police, right. In those, especially in those big rural rural or uh, rural big urban cities there's a lot of you know distrust for law enforcement and then racial racial misclassification and then um there's you know so i think you know there's only at one point in time and i think this is from 2017 there was only like 500 cases reported you know ever in the u.s so we know that's that that that's way low yeah um, but I will say this, you know, shout out to the current administration and, and the Department of Interior and, you know, anti-secretary Deb Holland and, um, you know, assistant secretary Newland. They have, um, you know, launched uh, uh, Our Lady Justice initiative that's been addressing the epidemic, you know, of, of murdered and missing indigenous relatives. And so they're doing a lot of work. They've launched a new website that essentially like is almost like an information hub. And so it can connect, you know, missing people with people who may have information about those missing people. Um, and, and, and I don't know how helpful it is, but I've taken a look at it a few times and it does seem like a, a good resource. Well, and I so, mean, if people just stand by and don't say anything, it's going to get worse. Like that's just, a, that's, that's what's going to happen. Like, yes. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, it, it's awful because I feel like, you know, the, the problem is we can train law enforcement. We can, we can do these initiatives. We can do all of, all of the things that will help. But that to me feels like we're just at the end of the stream and we're just fishing people out of the water. Mm-hmm. And instead of going back and finding out why they're falling in and really the, we're falling in because people regard our women as less than. They don't think that Native American women have the same value of life as other women. And that's the problem. It's like we can address the training that needs to happen. We can improve relationships with law enforcement. We can have a better tracking system. We can do all of the things, right? But if we aren't changing the hearts and minds and educating people and and making people see that our lives are just as valuable as anyone else's, and we're not going to fix the problem. And I don't have a I don't have a suggestion or a great answer to how we can <laughs> change the hearts and minds of people who literally think that our, our women don't matter. But I don't think that we can stop the problem until we figure out a way to do that. Um, but I will say that there's a lot of people who work day in and day out who fight for our women. And I want to give a shout out to them um, and, and, and the current initiatives that are going on, because I know that people have dedicated so much time and effort into protecting our, our relatives. And um, I, I do know that 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 spirit work and it's daunting. So shout out to them. But um, I also just want to say, like, I don't have the perfect answer, but it, it it starts with that agenda that the colonizers pushed right from the very beginning. And we see it playing out and continue to play out where our women have been, you know, well, I mean, it would make sense that if you're trying to take over a people that you get rid of the bear to give us, that would kind of, you know, chime in with their agenda, like, you know, um, and I'm glad you set me straight on that, that it's more missing and murdered relatives, because that I've seen that now this week again in the news as well, actually, that that's like the conversation has now shifted. And I, I'm actually glad that that's come up because, um, 
it's so off society's radar that we really, really have to talk about it, all of us, and 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 get into the roots of 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 of, of the thing. I think it, it, it's a great attitude, Colleen, what you're saying that. You know, well, we don't know if we have the answer or not. Like, how do we fix it? But we have to, we, to get there, we need to understand it and go to the root of the thing. And I do, I agree with you 100%. It goes back to that colonial approach that, that was imposed. Um, so, oh, we just hit the, the hour. Well, we got one minute. Let me check. We got one minute, Colleen. What would you like, to, what would you like to leave us with? Well, uh... Chris, have you any final thoughts? No, no. Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit emotionally here, so um, yeah, I'm not going to put out too many words. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Well, listen, Colleen, we'll thank you very much for for, for being a wonderful yeah. guest, and we'd really, really love you to come back and, and get into all of that a bit more. And maybe we'll we'll get a time when 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 there's a bit more time to get deeper and into all of that. Um, so you're very, very welcome to give us a show anytime if you need anything. Okay. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. This has been wonderful. Yeah, you're more than welcome. And we really appreciate your time and, and, and your effort and the time you've put into this um, to come. And, and, and we appreciate um, that it is it, these things are hard to talk about, but for, for, for real healing to happen, that's what we need to do. Yeah, it's better to talk about these things and not talk about them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that is difficult to talk about them, which is, you know, why it was so important for me to to speak the language in the beginning and alert spirit, because I knew that, you know, these things were going to get emotional or just be, you know, it is difficult to talk about. And I think I can talk about it so freely because I've been working in and around these issues for so long. But, but, you know, you have to understand that I have, you know, protocols in place that I'm able to kind of heal and and work through some of that, those emotions. Mm -hmm. I'll cry later, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but if I could um, just leave you with one final word in the, in my language um, that could kind of serve as my kind of um, my, 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 uh, what do you call it when you leave uh, here? Sign off. Yes. My sign off. (laughs) The parting phrase. Yeah, I don't have a cool phrase or anything, but uh, there's a word in in my language I'd love to share with you and your listeners. And the the word um, is a young guamazin, a young guamazin. And um, what it loosely translates to in English is like, um, go forward and be determined in your path, but also be careful. And I, I think that's important as we have so many of us who are really fighting for these issues and really putting our hearts and minds into, you know, trying to make the world a little bit of a better place, you know, moving forward for the next generations. Like it's important for us, you know, go forward and be determined in in that mission, but also, you know, be careful because there's a lot of things out there that will try to sway us off the path and, and try to, you know, the negativity exists. So um, I say all that to say young Guamazin. Okay. Thank you so much. And they're very wise and beautiful words. And, that took a lot of explaining in English for, for such a short phrase, which I just think is beautiful too. Mm. So Colleen Medicine from the AAIA, that's uh, indian-affairs.org. We highly recommend you go and check out their work. They're constantly up doing some really important and great work for the communities. And um, Colleen, we'll bid you adieu for, for now. Wonderful. My character. Okay. So means goodbye for now friends and the calm projects email is calm
planprojects.info at gmail.com and you'll find a link to the Can Projects website in the description. All the best. Projects Culture, Arts, Nature and Wellness is an outreach project advocating that active engagement in positive and creative outlets is beneficial to our health and our environment. If you'd like to contact CAN Projects, you can email us at canprojects.info at gmail.com and the link to our website is in the description.